Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Sixers King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. Uh, uh, thanks to everybody who will be joining us shortly here on the show. Uh, joined <coughs> as always by Vish, DJ, and Larry Bluestein. How you guys doing? Hey, by the way, one one to know. Right? Yeah, little by little. Here we go. A win's a win. A win yeah, we waited a long win. time for that. Yeah, we sure as hell did. The Mario Crystal Ball era has begun. Um, so we're really excited about that. We'll definitely get into that. We'll give you a little bit of a week one recap. Uh, we will also talk about uh, our standout players, uh, some of the concerns, right? Anything that we might want to clean up. And, um, you know, have we found our wide receiver one? Uh, some special teams information, because I think we were pretty excited what we saw in special teams, even even though I get it, it's been Cookman. But still, um, you know, we saw some, some electrifying plays there. And, of course, uh, our thoughts on the Mario Crystal Ball era before we actually preview the Southern Miss game, uh, which is uh, week two, which is next weekend um, here down here at the Hard Rock. So, uh, but before we get into that, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, Vish. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about our our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, again, fellas, listen, uh, fantasy football is still here. Uh, draft season is is here. Uh, it's not around the corner anymore, but it is here. So, CD Lamb is good. Uh, which, by the way, I have him on, on one of my teams. But have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for the snake draft with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders and below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 5RSN. That's the number 5 and the letters RSN. 5RSN gets you 20% off plus free shipping. Um, just a little bit about that performance package, right? You'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. Um, and to be quite honest with you, like, you know what happened to me uh, to this weekend, guys? My, uh, my, you know, my machine that I used fell and broke into pieces. Thank God I ordered that new Manscape because it's coming in soon. So I can't wait to use it because I swear to you, this is not even a joke. This is not even part of the, the ad. My, tr my trimmer fell on the floor Saturday morning and broke into pieces. And now I was like, and I was like, hallelujah, I'm getting that Manscaped that I ordered. So, um, pretty excited about that again if you were in the shower then it uh, wouldn't have happened to you so uh, exactly and exactly. i got an opportunity to use it i've had one i told you i've had it for yep. a while um and uh, it's the best my balls are very smooth there you go <laughs> guys don't look so weird man because it's true listen i don't know if you guys have noticed right uh, by the way real quick go to manscape.com make sure you uh when you purchase it use the codes five rsn to get 20 percent off plus free shipping um and again uh have you seen the commercials lately i mean we're, we're i mean these commercials have gotten crazy on tv right and you're just like well why weren't there more manscape commercials on tv well you're hearing it here as well so make sure you get your manscape um getting right into it first of all you know blue you were at the game i was at the game fish you were at the game you got there right on time apparently but uh just out of out of curiosity what's your what's your take what how do you feel about the atmosphere at at hard rock now i know the parking's a little bit crazy blue we were talking about it off air but um, i got there about an hour and a half before the game uh fish got there a little bit earlier uh, a little bit later than me and blue you might have gotten there around the same time as well what was the atmosphere uh 
just your thoughts on the atmosphere at Hard Rock Stadium, even before the game started. We'll start off with you, Blue. Well, you know, when we first, I guess, uh, let's see, 3.30 kickoff, I was there probably about 1.30 in the box, quarter two. Uh, and then, you know, I watched and I said, wow, there's not very many people here. And then I'm thinking, you know what? There were a lot of people outside, you know, it, it took was. me. Uh, so I said, I, I think by 3.20, 3.15, everybody's going to be uh, getting in here. And I was right. And I just told Vish, I was, I mean, you, I've been to a lot of those early season games when they played Central Michigan and they played App State and the crowds were, you know, when they say, you know, 48,000, you kind of laugh, but when they said 56, you still laugh, but I mean, at least I'd have to say there was 40. Yeah. Uh, and and they were and you know what it was pretty pretty impressive it was loud um and the energy i think everybody fed off the energy in fact in the post game interview i was in there and uh i was talking to uh, uh Xavier Restrepo and 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 Redding and they said the same thing they go wow we fed off that and i'm thinking wow that, that's awesome because wait till you know wait till we get a florida state in here or something like that it's going to be crazy and uh and even this week being at 12 noon is a little tougher, but, uh, you know, that's, I, 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 you know, if you enjoyed it, this is the thing that you say, just like if you were, uh, you know, if you were in Gainesville and you're a recruit and you went to last week's game, you got, Oh man, this is the best thing ever. Well, if you were a recruit and, and I saw plenty of them at the Miami game and you enjoyed this atmosphere, I mean, everybody was going crazy from the beginning coming out of smoke Mario and his initial time, even though he doesn't want to focus the attention on him. He goes, it wasn't about me. He never said it. He said he never really thought about coming out of the smoke. Yeah, I don't agree, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that for yeah. one second. <laughs> yeah, I I think he laid out, you know, awake at nights after he took it. He goes, oh, man, I can't wait to come out of that smoke because he did it as a player for four years. So, right. but I thought the atmosphere, to answer your question, I thought it was electric. I thought it was just what we needed. The kids fed off of it. Um, you know, I mean, but the one thing is when they said uh, at the beginning, I looked at the depth chart and Corey Flagg and Wayne Steed <laughs> were the two starting linebackers. Don't get uh, too ahead of yourself because we're definitely going <laughs> to talk about that. We're definitely going to talk. About, I love I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, there, there are comments in the chat around that. Uh, Mario, Chris, to go. We're, we're going to address that. So, yeah, we will definitely address uh, address that. Um, you know, for me, and I'll talk a little bit more about the atmosphere outside the tailgating. Because uh, when I got there, uh, you know, I went, you know, hung out with my buddies, uh, the Flow Gang, the Miami Media Flow Gang out there. Nice. With, uh, Javi, the general, Flow, Lex was out there, Jazz uh, was out there. There was a lot of people out there. So it was fun to see. It was nice to see. It was kind of kind of weird, though, because there's gaps in between some parking spots, right? There's gaps in between the lots because the, the track, because of the uh, F1 track yeah, yeah, is... Yeah. You know, it's kind of in between, which was interesting, you know, and I was under the impression that they would take down all the stands. They really didn't. They t they left some up, but I love it. And I'll tell you why, because there was a part of it. There was a portion of the stands that were like, you know, your your really high end seats for the trap for the for the race that they use and they converted it to a recruiting section. So yes, they brought yes. all the kids up there and they had them hanging out there. And, you know, they've got the fans going and the food and the TVs and all that stuff in there, which I thought was really cool because, I mean, I don't know how many, 
you know, other facilities or other schools have that type of setup, right? I'm sure they have something, which is nice, but I thought that was really cool to have that right there. You've got the water fountain there. So I thought it was, it was a nice setup. I thought it was, it was a great use of that, of that area that just was just going to sit there until the other, you know, until the race comes out. So um, tailgating wise, the parking, the parking was full. There was, it was packed. There was people everywhere. And I, and I'm sure that, you know, because of the setup for F1, it's a little weird now. So everybody's still kind of getting used to it. Um, but I saw people out there partying. I saw people hanging out, having a good time. Uh, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Vish, I, I, you know, what, what kind of experience did you get, man? Yeah, mine was a little different. Um, so we tailgated <laughs> at, at home. Um, and then we got sweet tickets. We got comps. So we had like the black pass. So we just pulled into the parking lot and parked without an issue. Yeah. Um, so like 15 minutes before kickoff and made it into the suite before the kickoff. So I was, I was there for kick. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't run into any issues at all. And I think probably, <clears throat> you know, the one thing I'll say, I don't know if this is across the whole stadium, but, like, they didn't, like, at least every other time I've gone to that stadium, we've gone through metal detectors and stuff. They didn't do that. I don't know if it was because I came in for the yeah, sweet no, park we, here. Or we went through, but it was, like, they didn't even check us. They're like, just keep coming, keep coming. What okay, like, they didn't even, like, put us through it. And I don't know if it was because oh. we came out of the sweet parking or not. Maybe. Um, but, but so it was, like, really fast to get all the way up to our seats. But I, I didn't oh. really see any traffic. I didn't, I mean... I see Jazz, you and I covered, we were there for the F1 race. I didn't notice. Right. I agree with you. I, I, I thought they were going to take everything down. I know some of it was still up and being repurposed, which is good right. to see. Very good. Cool. Just, just ripping everything down. So. Uh, so so let's get right to it, right? Um, final score was 70-13. to 13. Uh, Nice to see a, a nice blowout victory, total dominance per se, yada, yada, yada. The things that we should be doing against Bethune. I don't know if everybody kind of saw 70 points. Maybe someone saw you know, in the fifties, I said, "Hey, we'll we'll score about fifty points. That's cool." But putting up a seventy burger is always good. I don't care who it's against. Um, it, and I was more impressed with some of the stuff I saw later on during the game, as opposed to you know Tyler Van Dyke and, and, and the starters and all that. I think we knew what we were going to get from them. However, there's obviously some concerns still and some stuff that we're, we're going to talk about that I think that um, need to be cleaned up. And I think Mario and the whole staff understands and knows it as well. So um, we'll definitely get into that. But before we even go there, let's let's start off with our standout players. Like I, I want to get a name or, or two uh, from each one of you on who you thought you know, kind of stood out in this game. And I know it's hard to pick one because it's 70 to 13. It's against Bethune-Cookman. But still, like, I, you know, maybe some first-time guys. Maybe some guys that you thought, hey, they did a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, DJ, I'll start with you on this. Any any standout players that you thought? Henry Parrish. I thought, you know, it is, you know, the opener. It is Bethune-Cookman. But these are the types of games where you build good habits for the harder games down the road. And I thought Parrish had a great game. He really set the tone in terms of running the football, and it was just really great to see. It wasn't just Parrish. Parrish had over 100 yards, but others got in on the action as well, and it was great to see that balance in the running game, and it's something I hope continues uh, throughout the course of the season. Maybe a little bit of the Josh Gaddis influence already on the offense. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that for sure. Uh, Vish, what, what, what are your thoughts? What are any standout players that you like uh, what you saw from yeah, so just I'm gonna say someone else because, like you said, I was expected, but I kind of forgot how good Van Dyke was. Like he was with <laughs> ease manipulating the offense and throwing receivers out. I mean, they're it's Bethune Cookman, so it's not like there's blanket coverage on every play, but he didn't miss a throw, and they were all like right in stride on target, which is 
you know, especially when you're playing, you know, a lesser team, you'll get those chunk plays even with the quarterback maybe is a little inaccurate just because everyone's so open. And no, he was, he was, every pass was like perfect. And I kind of forgot like how good, how good he, is. he really is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, like, we might have the best quarterback in the country here. So, <laughs> so that was impressive. But I'm gonna go with Frierson, um, not just for the touchdown, but I he was in the backfield a lot making plays. I was really impressed with him, and I didn't really have him really making that kind of an impact coming into the game. So he definitely jumped out. I, mean, I thought he was excellent, and and maybe solidifying some of that star position there. Um, yep. And and you know we talk a lot about how we need to kind of lock in starters there. I thought I thought he was great. Obviously he had the pick six, which is you know someone does that you're gonna be like wow great game. But like I said, his run stopping in particular, I was really impressed with as well. And a lot of people forget two or three years ago he was the best player on that defense. So um, I know we had some injuries and we had some issues on that defense, but he was definitely the best player. Uh, Blue, any, anybody that kind of stood out to you that you like what, what you saw from? Akeem Mesidor. I thought uh, he had a monster game. Frierson had that pick six because of Mesidor. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a lot of people that had a lot of things because of him. If you watch yeah, back absolutely. the game, it's, he was a beast. And he's going to be – what an asset he's going to be throughout the year. I mean, I remember watching him, you know, a couple of years ago. But uh, he's matured. He's a man. And even in the press conference, everybody kind of said, hey, you know, this guy. This guy is one of those dudes. And uh, even – you know, a lot of the coaches said that they said uh, he's definitely going to be a difference maker. I mean, he his quickness off the ball is just unbelievable. And I know it was Bethune, but you just kind of prorate it and say, well, you know, it's going to be that way against A&M, too, because this kid has got great hands. He's strong. He's quick off the ball. He's fast and he creates. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to help. Like you said, he's going to help everybody else. I'm going to go with one. Uh, I was going to say one guy, but. Uh, because I'll be honest with you, I don't think when when Corey Flagg was asked to do certain things that he does well, I think he performed well. He didn't perform too uh, too bad in the game. I think he did all right. I think he, I honestly think he did all right. Um, but the guy I'm going to go with is I'm really excited to see to Corey Couch back in action playing. Uh, I saw him in on some tackles. Saw him in on some pass. You know, maybe not some pass breakups, but um, you know, covering covering really well. Uh, just moving around. Um, he he looks like a different player, right? That we saw last year. We know that. He was going through some stuff, so I'm really excited um, to see Takori Couch out there, and, and, and I can see him. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. I can see him kind of solidifying one of the, one of the quarterback, uh, one of the cornerbacks' uh, uh, starting positions. Not necessarily. I know he started at the star per se, but I think it was more of like a nickel, uh, if anything. But um, yeah, I love to see uh, Takori Couch back back in action. So really excited to see. Now to, to the stuff that's really that, that, that really kind of irked me, right? Because I think we all saw that first drive, right? We all saw that first drive by Bethune Cookman, and he said, "Ugh, they don't look great, right? There, something's going on. They're missing some assignments." And we're talking about the Canes defense. Like, what the hell happened there, right? After a couple of plays where they had some false starts on offense, <coughs> uh, they gave up some big runs. They gave up a, a, a big pass play on a third and long. Uh, you saw some stuff that you really didn't like, some missed assignments. Um, what is it? And I won't go around. We can go all day with this. But, Blue, I kind of want to get your take on what you saw. Uh, and it doesn't have to be defense-wise. I was just pointing out that defense because of the first drive. But is there anything that you saw on offense or defense that concerned you or that think that, or that you think that needs to be cleaned up? 
Well, it, it, a lot of continuity. Remember, there are a lot of new guys in the lineup playing with live bullets for the first time. So, you know, there's always going to be, you know, in, in practice or scrimmages, they're always going to blow the whistle or they're going to stop action and things like that. Here, I thought that there was a continuity problem at the beginning, but I, it kind of cleaned itself up because, uh, and I think that was the first drive you're alluding to. Uh, I think people were out of position. And then what had to be done is for the uh, coordinators and the coaches upstairs to point out, hey, you know what? When that when that guy crosses, you're supposed to go one way. You went the other. Let's you know, let's read keys. And because they started cleaning things up by the second by the beginning of the second quarter, uh, Bethune wasn't doing that anymore. And Miami was coming up a big play. So I think it was a continuity problem early, but that's to be expected when you're not. You know, and you're not going live for any of the time since last the year. Yeah, I, you bring up a good point. I, I, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, yeah, I mean, they haven't, they haven't really hit anybody, right? They, no. just, they just, they just pop you and, and they don't bring That's you it. to the ground. No. And I think Mario Cristobal spoke about that. He said we haven't brought anybody to the ground all, you know, all the uh, all camp except for maybe in the scrimmages. So um, it's a little bit different when you're not hitting your friend or your buddy. <laughs> Definitely, right? When yeah. you're hitting someone else. It's definitely a little bit different. Um, I still think that there needs to be some cleanup on, um, you know, at the at the cornerback position. Um, and there, Mario uh, Crystal Goat just mentioned uh, DJ Ivy. I think DJ Ivy made a couple plays where his angles were, were not very good. Um, and you saw the quarterback. Jay, by the way, people don't don't know this, and and watching the game back, I realized who their quarterback was. Jalen Jones was once a UF commit. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? People don't. And their tight end number one used to be at Louisville, and they and their tight you know, end they had like Louisville. nine or ten guys who were power five guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, when you think about these, say okay, and then J- you saw Jalen Jones make some throws, yeah, to, to DJ Ivy's side, um, and you saw DJ Ivy not playing, you know, not playing press. Maybe they weren't supposed to be playing press, but the point is that I, I can still see that he needs to start picking it up a little bit more because you saw Daryl Porter come in and play a little bit more. You saw Isaiah Dunson get some playing time. You saw Malik Curtis play, get some playing time in the second, in the sec- late second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, into the third. Uh, so you saw some guys, and if some some of the guys start you know stepping up a little bit more, DJ Ivy's a, a you know four year guy, five year guy. Uh, he has all all the tool. He looks the part. He looks like a like a first round cornerback. Smart, very smart. Yeah, he's a smart guy. I just think he needs to put it all together still on the field. You saw him taking some bad angles, especially on that third and long where he got caught inside and had to redirect. I mean, look. A lot, like you said, Blue, though, they have to clean some stuff up. So I think that yeah. they'll be fine with that. Be expected. Um, I think the linebacker play you saw, here's what I did see with, with the linebacker play, and we'll kind of move on after this, um, is you saw some of the strengths come out right away, and you saw some of the weaknesses come out right away. Here's what I saw, right? I saw, you know, uh, again, Corey Flagg playing north and south. I think he's a great linebacker playing north and south. East and west, I just don't think he has the speed for it. But then you bring in Caleb Johnson, and you see how much faster he is, you know, and that side, the sideline to sideline stuff, you're like, holy crap, yeah, Caleb Johnson's got the goods there. I still think he needs to clean up some stuff as well, though. Like, I think that that linebacker position is the biggest concern for me. I just think they need to clean up some things, and they need to add a little more experience there. You notice 
Mario Cristobal spoke uh, spoke today highly of Wesley Bassaint, saying that they need to figure out a way to get him more on the field. Uh, he's starting to pick it up really well, so I'm yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that you know that happens. I want to see Chase Smith out there more. You saw you saw a lot of those guys play special teams as well, which we'll get into in a second. So um, that's really my concern. I think that we'll clean it up, and I think we'll be fine with that. Um, but moving along, because I think this was the one that has me the most intrigued right now because a couple of guys did really well. And I want to get your take, DJ Vish, uh, um, on this one. Uh, and, and Blue. Um, although I, I think we kind of figured it out. Have we found our wide receiver one yet? Yes or no? Uh, we, obviously saw, we obviously saw a great play by Xavier Restrepo, right? And we know that he's he's TVD's roommate. So I know, you know, they're best of buds. Uh, but you just you just see it, it almost feels like X is always open. Yeah. He's gonna be that guy, right? He's gonna be that and I I don't want to compare him to to Barrios, but he's in the same mold. He's got a lot of the same, you know, things that Barrios, Mike Harley. Okay, he's kind of in that mold, right? That guy that can play inside, but if you put him outside, he can beat you one on one. Also, right? You don't get it twisted; he can yeah. get open. So I like what I saw from X, but I also like what I saw from Michael Redding catching a Definitely. really tough, a really tough touchdown um, in the end. Zone. Michael Redding, I think, really showed a lot of things in that game. Frank Ladson looked good, caught a couple of balls, made a couple of moves. I mean. Have we found that wide receiver? We'll start. We'll start off with DJ on this one. What do you think about the wide receiver one position? Are we still kind of holding out to see if anybody still continues to pop out? I mean, I think Restrepo made a strong case. I mean, here's a guy that's been around the block both in the Manny Diaz era and now kind of um, bridging the gap to the Mario Cristobal era. I mean, he had a fantastic game. He's a type of player that you can depend on to be consistent. You know, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's a quarterback's best friend literally and figuratively because he can, you know, get yards after the catch, make tough catches. And, you know, he's got great hands. He averaged 20, 20 yards a catch on Saturday. So I'd say that's pretty good. And, um, and um, so I think, you know, he really showed that he can be that wide receiver one and he can be that type of playmaker that can be a security blanket and, you know, take over a game if necessary. For sure, Vish. Um, I mean, is it is it Xavier Restrepo, or is he just kind of like the security blanket that can make the big plays, right? Like, so he's a little bit of everything. That that would essentially maybe make him the wide receiver one, right? Or or do we, are we still looking at a Redding or a Ladson or a Keyshawn Smith that could take the top off and the guy that can go, you know, for an eighty yard touchdown on a go route? Is that the type of guy that you want as a wide receiver one? Or are you happy with X? It's, it's going to be a Restrepo, um, and I don't think you can separate the security blanket aspect out of it. I think when we get into crunch situations, that's the guy he's going to look for first, um, and that's that's what elevates you to the wide receiver one. I think in this game, everyone was open, so it's a little bit different, um, but I do think when it comes to crunch time, if you, like you say, need someone to get open, make a tough catch underneath to get like six yards and get a first down on fourth down or whatever, he's going to Restrepo. So I, I think... You know, it's not, it's kind of not traditional to have the slot guy be the number one guy, which I think why we're even having this conversation, because it's clearly, he's, he's the man. <laughs> I think we've kind of seen that, but, you know, like you said, it's not, it's not traditionally how you would look, look at a number one, but. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, I think he's, he, he's going to be the guy. He's going to lead us in receptions. It's pretty probably clear, won't be close. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick, uh, I'm going to get Blue's uh, comment. Yeah, but that's what I wanted you to put up. X is a slot receiver. 
let's not get it twisted against bigger, faster, stronger teams. He will do damage from the slot. Thanks, Pip Down. Uh, by the way, thank you for everybody who's in the chat. Uh, Al Doberling. Uh, Thanks, Al, Al for the wishes, too. Yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And Pip Down. So, Blue, what's your thought on, on what he just said there? Uh, what Pip Down just said about X uh, being a slot receiver, doing some damage on the inside. Can he still do some stuff on the outside, though? Uh, is, is he. Is he the wide receiver? Is he wide receiver one for the Canes? But what does it matter if he's if he's as long as the productivity's there? That's the way I look at it. If he's going to find the end zone, I don't care where he's going to go to do it. I mean, I mean that that's where I look. So, to me, I like Redding. I agree with you. I mean, I thought Redding established himself. He's a he's a, he made great catch. He gets open. I mean, until you find somebody else. And so I don't have a problem with X being the guy. I really don't. I mean, because if he, you know, whether he draws a safety or he draws a corner, if he draws a corner, what's going to happen? You could use his, him as a decoy a lot of times. And because, you know, they're going to go with him because he's a reliable receiver. He's not going to drop the ball. So if he should come out of the, the, the slot position and go towards the corner and maybe move. The, I mean, he could do. I mean, to me, he's going to draw safety or maybe even linebacker coverage, but mostly safety coverage. So. To me, on the touchdown, he ran to the corner. So, to me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as he's productive. And and that's going to be the end result is you, know, you could have a guy that looks pretty and Romello Brinson and all that guy, but if he's not being productive. And that's why I said, you know, when we were talking about the linebacker position, and I said, to me, I like all the bells and whistles are nice, but productivity is everything. I mean, and, would, and at the end of the day, you know, I mean, here's a perfect example during the press conference, you know, cause Mario really doesn't know stats. He doesn't care about them until the end of the game. So he can answer questions. So he had the stat sheet and someone goes, what'd you think about uh, Xavier's performance? And he looks down and he goes, I like it. He said, so that's what I'm saying. He saw the five catches for 100 yards in the touchdown. And what's not to like, I mean, that's, that's where I come from because I mean, he could, you know, you could have a 6'4", 210-pound receiver who catches one ball for nine yards. So how productive is he? And and to me, you know, to, uh, Will Mallory made a couple of uh, catches. I think maybe they're kind of playing possum with the linebackers for a while. I mean, with the tight ends for a while. Well, I, apparently he was on a snap count also because he's just still getting yeah. back from injury. Yeah, Yeah. no, but not just him, but Arroyo too. I saw they put Mamorelli was in there. We saw Skinner in there uh, later in the game. Uh, but I think that's what's happening there. I think Will Mallory's going to be that guy when they play an A&M because, you know, they're going to try their hardest to stop the run and they're going to force you to throw to those outside guys. And if you don't have an outside guy, you know, they'll bottle up or strepo. I mean, obviously they're watching every single thing. So to me, that's where the tight end comes in. Look at last night in the LSU game. Look at Jason Taylor's son in his first freaking start. Come on. Yeah, I mean, good. you know, he look became good. the factor in that game. He's the one that got him down inside there. He made two good catches. He missed a block on the extra point, but <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. If you have a guy like a line, I mean, look at Georgia. Georgia's got two or three guys where at the tight end position. So if you bottle me up outside and you and you cover me as my slot guy and you have the running game. So the line, the the guy who's left in the whole equation is your tight end, and that's how come Georgia will win the big games because they right. have a tight end. I think Miami has a tight end. It's just that they have to use them. But this is my point: when you think about Restrepo, obviously, you know, not against Southern Miss, not against Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State, or any of those schools like that, but against some of the 
Clemson's and programs like that, they're going to have an answer for everything you're throwing at them. They watch films, so they understand. So that's why you have to be creative. Gaddis has to be creative as an offensive coordinator and come out. You always have to establish a run. There's no doubt. And Miami's got the backs to do it. I mean, you had two of your best guys out, but at the same time, you ran the ball extremely well. I know that, you know, I mean, I know Bethune-Cookman is, you know, not, you know, the greatest, but but again, you just said it's you're you're not assimilating a game, you're playing one. So anything can happen. Listen, thank God we didn't have Jackson State as the first game. You know, I mean, <laughs> that could have been a little bit tougher. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. To have a number – to me, a number one receiver is the guy who's the most productive. So if you could call – like Rambo last year. Rambo was a true number one because he caught 10, 11 balls. He caught nine balls. He caught eight balls. To me, you could be the number one and catch two balls, but how productive are you? So – Restrepo right now is going to be a guy, like you said, there's a comfortable feeling between he and his roommate and, uh, you know, they're best of friends and, and they care about each other. And he, he knows that if he throws it to X, uh, uh, you know, if he throws it to X, most more times than not, it's going to be a productive uh, throw. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, but he just asked if Cheney's going to be back, but you know, what I saw the other day is you guys parish, Without Rooster, uh, you know, obviously Cheney, but I'll tell you what, you have a big back in 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 Thad. Thad Franklin, and let him punish you. Let him punish that. I don't care, even if it's A and M or Clemson, he's still going to punish him. He's bigger than anybody they're going to oh, face. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, and, and also uh, uh, the young man who transferred from UAB, who's a big kid. Uh, as well, he he got some carries in there, and Terrell Walden's kid. Wow, geez, scored a touchdown, making me feel a lot older now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I think all the running backs did fantastic, but going going back to that wide receiver one, here's what I think about also, right? Like, and, and I don't, I'm not comparing us to them last year, but Georgia won a national title without a wide receiver one, right? It was really their tight end, right? It was Bowers who was their go to guy. Um, he got some big catches from Mitchell and from some other some Rosemay, the kid from Saint Rosemay, Thomas. Yeah, Rosemay. You got some big catches from those guys, and now they're still developing. They're going to be even better. But Georgia still has Darnell Washington. Oh yeah, and Bowers, and they still have two legitimate tight ends, very similar to what Miami has with Mallory and Arroyo. And if your if your wide receiver one is going to be your tight end, I'm fine with that also. And if it's going to be X, I'm fine. I don't care. Like you said, Blue, productivity That's more it. than anything else. All right. If you catch 10 balls for 100 yards and you score and you do what you need to do, I'm okay. I don't care if it's right, don't DJ. Don't you doing. agree? I mean, if it's productivity, I mean, and, and you get in the end zone, who the heck cares who's yeah. doing it? Yeah, I don't really care. I mean, it's about who shows up on Saturdays and, you know, it's and it's and it's oftentimes not, you know, the sexy pick or the guy who's maybe the most flashiest or the best name it's the guy who can literally just get open do his job and find the end zone and oftentimes it's you know a guy you wouldn't necessarily choose but it's one that has a dirt dog type of mentality that's not afraid to get into the dirty area so to speak absolutely and by the way i um Obviously, I know Josh Gaddis was very vanilla in his play calling against Bethune Cookman because we're not showing much. Gonna have to show a little bit more against Southern Miss, but I still think that we're we're you know look 
We didn't have Rooster, like you mentioned, uh, Blue, like uh, some of the people in the chat did. Rooster's coming back this week. Zion Nelson is apparently going to get some playing yeah, time both, this both week. Both of right? them are apparently back. So, so you're going to see that offensive line look good. It looks solid uh, with John Campbell, left tackle. Does he move now to the right? Do they move Scaife inside? What Jalen Rivers is... Clearly, right now, I think clearly Jalen Rivers is the best offensive lineman on the team. Uh, very close, I guess Zion once he gets back. But I love Jalen Rivers. That left side is gonna be is gonna be tough to 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 you know to do anything against. So I'm excited about that. But again, it's game one. Uh, we got to take it game by game. Uh, you know, I saw some of my friends that are actually Bethune Cookman uh, graduates there, uh, old high school. Um, friends of mine that were like, you guys kicked our butts today. I'm like, we're, it's not nothing to, to be proud of or nothing. Yeah, to, right. It's nothing to brag about. Don't worry about it. But yeah, we did, but it is what it is. You know, that's exactly what we need to do. So um, listen again, I think at this point we could probably say that X is our wide receiver one, uh, but I can also see the tight ends kind of developing into that as well, and some other guys, right? So we saw, we, and uh, what we saw also is no wide receiver dropped the pass, and I think people need to realize that the last two weeks of camp, nobody got to see anything, and the quarterback, and, and from what Gaddis is saying, uh, all the wide receivers played great, and we saw it. No drop passes. They executed. They blocked. I'm happy with what's going on there, and they're just going to continue to develop. Uh, moving on, because uh, that was a, that was a really good topic, I, I have to admit. But uh, I think the one that I was most surprised with is how how much better coached are we at the special teams right now than we were last year? I know Marwan Malouf is here uh, helping a lot with the special teams. I know uh, Coach Cristobal loves to coach special teams as well. And then we saw the guy that we all thought could potentially be wide receiver one return really kicks. Great, return kicks and kick <laughs> some serious ass with it, right? Like we saw three three returns or two returns of sixty yards or more. I mean, that was really exciting to see Keyshawn Smith do that. Are we a better team on special teams? Is that going to be one of our strengths this year? Uh, Vish, we'll go with you on that one first. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and so you know, we do have to consider the competition, but we weren't. You know, doing this is the best we've returned kicks in what a decade, maybe. <laughs> like, I mean, in one game, just every time, the, every kick return was dangerous, and and yeah, it's Bethune Cookman. If you play a better team, you're not gonna, you know, some of those like, no one touched him for like 30, 40 yards. So, you know, you're not gonna get that kind of blocking against every team, but right. it's clearly a point of emphasis. And I think I think the other thing is, you know, with the new fair catch rule, it's most people just fair catch it. It doesn't really matter the context at this point, because even you know you don't even have to be in the end zone to fair catch it and get it out the twenty-five. So it's kind of like a lost art, and you know these can win games for you. Um, we we actually didn't the one long one he had where it got you know called back for because uh, he'd stepped out on the eight yard line. We actually didn't score on that drive, so we didn't get paid off on that one. That was where he fumbled the, the oh, snap. Oh right, 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 right. Um, but but yeah, no, I I think that that's gonna be a this could be a huge weapon for us. Kick returns are so big for momentum changes too. The our team just score and you immediately like, you know, get get back in the game. So, to me, having that in our in our tool belt is is gonna be huge. And I didn't see anything. And I would say I, I would say this is probably an emphasis for our entire team. I saw this from our running backs on our kick returns. Just getting downhill, getting up the field. No no dancing around and. And that that's that's big when you play faster defenses. Like you start going sideways, you don't get back upfield. Um, 
so I thought all of our running backs and certainly on the kick returns just hit the hole and went through it. And that that's critical if you're going to be successful in those. So I, I think it's going to be – it's not going to be that easy every week, but I think it's something where you, know, you can start to see a steal – 10 15 yard chunks makes a big difference right and so um the other part of our special teams we didn't see which can also help steal yards is the punter (laughs) but you know he didn't have to do any work he he did a good job holding all all 10 extra points but uh, he didn't have to punt so but you know between that you know you can you can see kind of a you know getting solid kick returns good punts and you start flipping field position pretty easily and, and then you know that's if you play some of these teams with better defenses, that can that can win the game. Yeah, I agree. I, I you know, it was it was a breath of fresh air to kind of see those long returns and you know us realizing. Yeah, and I get it. Like you said, Vish, like you know, <laughs> doing the fair catch and all that stuff inside the ten yard line. But no, these guys took it out. And I, I again take advantage of a, a lesser team where you can kind of try to do those things. But um, DJ, do you think that this Obviously, special teams a lot of the times, like Vish said, flip field position, get you know can kind of change everything, change momentum in a game. Um, how important is it to have a strong special teams? I, I think we know the answer to this because we saw what happened with LSU last night. But what do you think about that? It's extremely important, and a lot of times on special teams, it's about can the coaches use utilize the depth that they have on the roster in a proper fashion do they have the proper punt returner on the field do they have an explosive kick returner on the field who can help flip the field like vish like vish alluded to and you know we saw that on saturday and i think it speaks to you know this coaching staff that they're able to put some of the depth that we have and put them in positions to succeed at a um important level in terms of special teams special teams i think get get overlooked a lot everybody likes the flashy plays and the touchdowns and the 70 yard runs but special teams are crucial and like you said jazz lsu learned that the hard way last night but you know this coaching staff puts players in positions to succeed and you know i think having a coaching staff that can actually do that and having a guy like Keyshawn smith excel in special teams and be a stabilizing force on special teams, that's huge. I agree. Um, Blue, any 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 takes on, on the special teams? Oh, we didn't get a chance to see them, like you said. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, Borogallis is going to be steady. Um, and then you're – and like you said, uh, having what we have back there – and to me, Brashard Smith also could get back there and, and start. I like him. I, I, I think he could definitely – he's got the speed. See, he, he's got more speed than Xavier. He just doesn't have that ability to catch the balls. He can get open, but he, uh, Stratball's just got great hands, and he he just gets angry at himself if he doesn't catch a ball. So that's – you got to like that. I mean, I like that in, in the player. And, yeah, I just um, – yeah, you know what you were saying about Stratball being the number one? I think we're sitting here a week from tonight, and we're talking differently because that's what Gaddis is all about. If you remember that with his Michigan teams, and I watched his tendencies, one game he came out and ran the ball 37 times. The next game he came out and ran the ball 17 times, targeted his tight end four times. See, that's what I think that 
what 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 makes him a good offensive coordinator. He's not going to be he's not going to be somebody that he's somebody's going to be uh, able to tap into his tendencies. And that's why I'm saying they're going to come out this week. And you know, win, lose, or draw, Southern Mississippi's watching last week's film. They're watching everything, even though you know Miami couldn't be stopped in some of the things. They're going to look and say, "Hey, wait, wait a minute." You get on that number seven, you got to, you know, you hit him here before he gets into the, you know, you got to chip him a little bit. And then, and then he becomes a different wide receiver. And I think that when you take a look at Gaddis, now he's got to counteract that. If they're going to put a lot of coverage on Restrepo and maybe stack the box to run once in a while, then you're going to have to come up with something else. And I think he's, that's what makes him such a great offensive coordinator because of the fact that, and it doesn't matter who he does it against. Cause I watched, his Ohio State game last year. I watched his Michigan State game. I watched a couple of the other games, and I watched what he did. And in the two, I don't think two consecutive games, he called the same game plan. So yeah, that tells I you, it. I think that we're going to be in a position, guys, next Monday night that we're going to be talking. They go, well, wait a minute. Last week X did this. Now Romello or or somebody or Will uh, Mallory did it or. Or we ran the ball 42 times. Sure, we ran the ball well last week, but it was a given that you were going to. But I think you look at Parrish, and you can see why Parrish is a major, major, major get. I mean, he's a big-time kid. I don't care who he's playing against. He had 848 yards rushing last year in the SEC. So to me, sorry, to me, I think he's going to – he has so many different avenues, but to think that he's going to come right back and run the same game plan I don't think he is. I just no watched him last year. I love that's what I love about him. He's so multiple. So I think it's uh gonna be yeah. pretty, pretty exciting. Um all right, oh go ahead, DJ. You want to say something real quick? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say kind of what Blue said, Gaddis um did a nice job last year at, at Michigan of making Cade McNamara comfortable one game by developing the running game and then and then you know using McNamara as his top weapon to spread the ball around. There was really no set game plan that Michigan had. Um, Gaddish just put his players in the, in good positions to succeed, whatever the plan that day was. So, you know, those those uh, multiple looks were part of the reason why I think Michigan, uh, you know, succeeded last year. It was just because of the different looks they brought to the table and how Gaddis was able to utilize his personnel. Yeah, well, facts, I mean. Couldn't have said it better there. So, uh, before we get to the end, uh, before we uh, uh, preview Southern Miss, uh, let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors here. Uh, it's Price Picks, uh, Vish. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Price Picks. It's the official fantasy app, official daily fantasy app of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you're using the code five F I V E uh, when you sign up. Uh, what, what they'll do is they'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Uh, which is really great. Make sure when you sign up, use the code FIVE and you'll get that match. Um, here's a good thing. You don't even have to spend it all at once. You can play the Super Bowl. You can play the uh, uh, NHL, NBA, college football, uh, the NFL, everything. You can do it all, and you don't. You can even pair players from different teams and different sports. Make sure you check them out. Uh, here's how it works. You pick two to five players. Then you play the over under on individual categories. Okay, that's how you win. It all depends on how much you want to win. Is how many how many players you pick. Real easy. Go to PricePix.com. Sign up today using the code five. Uh, PricePix.com. Make sure you check them out. So get get into it. Before we close on out, uh, we obviously want to preview Southern Miss. 
another team that is obviously not at the level as you know some of these power five teams that we're going to be facing this year uh but nonetheless got some players i know they've had some issues uh, they had some issues last week uh tough game and a big uh a tough loss to liberty but um they lost their quarterback now we don't know if he's going to be ready for this week's game i think this you um you told me that earlier, but I think the biggest thing, right, is a familiar name is coming back home to Miami uh, to play a little football against the Canes, and that uh, I, I know we know him real well, as he is arguably one of the greatest running backs of all time here at the University of Miami. Frank Gore Jr., uh, the son of Frank Gore, is actually the running back or the everything at this point for hmm. Southern Miss right now. He went off last weekend, uh, this past Saturday, because he had no other choice. He played quarterback. He played receiver. He, I mean, I don't know if he played receiver, but he played running back. He played quarterback. He did it all uh, for that Southern Miss team in the um, in the loss to Liberty. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's, you know, we're, we're kind of going from progressing, right, Bethune-Cookman to a little bit of a better team, Southern Miss. How do we perform against them? Um, Vish, is there anything you can kind of tell us about the quarterback position of the players on that team? And then I'll kind of hit it to blue to see uh, – uh, what your take is on that? Yeah, so so you kind of touched on it. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. had to kind of do everything for them last week. He was their their leading rusher, which he had he he went for a buck seventy eight on thirty two carries. They <laughs> rode him into the ground. He's not that big of a kid either. That's, that's quite a yeah. lot of carries. Um, but um, so they kind of they kind of ran him into the ground. <laughs> like you said, the quarterback got injured. They were using uh, so you mentioned Gore played quarterback. He he only threw four passes. He completed one, which was for a big, big play, 48 yards. But they were using him in the Wildcat. So that's why he was taking a lot of direct snaps and running. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of his carries came from as well. So, yeah, the, the whole offense kind of centered around him. Um, but overall, they the reason they, they lost to Liberty, um, primarily because they, they turned it over five times. So, you know, that, that that's pretty sloppy, but it's early in the season. So I think we're all kind of prone to that. So... They turn it over five times and end up losing in overtime. Um, and I think probably telling that, you know, the, the 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 overtime there wasn't a lot of scoring either. So I think it was a game they probably would have expected to win um, coming in. But I think the turnovers probably, you know, did them in. I mean, Liberty almost, they put up about 450 on them. So we should kind of expect to move the ball pretty easily. Um, and then um, just the other thing is, like you mentioned, their, their quarterback, Ty Keys. He got injured early, and, you know, he's supposed to uh, – they're saying he's questionable for this game. We'll see. But but they're just – they're going to run. Um, they threw right. 13 passes in total in that game. So Yeah, they don't have Josh Gaddis as their own. So we <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're just going to – they're, they're, they're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try sure. and run the ball. That That's what they do. I mean, 13 attempts in an overtime game, <laughs> this is not a lot. So they're going to try and run the ball, lean on Gord, shorten the game. You know, grind out some time of possession, and if we can stop up their running game, it'll probably be a be a comfortable win. Blue, anything you can tell me on uh, on Southern Miss? Uh, is a team that you know. I mean, the, the one thing that I watched on them there, uh, they you know without Gore, I mean, defensively, I thought they they scrambled to the ball pretty well. Um, you know, obviously the uh, lesser opponent, but. You know, just watching their linebacking play, it seemed uh, I think their linebackers are aggressive. Their secondary kids are two two young kids. Their kid was a redshirt freshman and then a sophomore. Um, 
they have their offensive line, uh, two kids from the state of Florida type kids. I think that could play. They're just, and it, it just brings, it's funny because it brings me back to last year. I think I read on one of the boards where some dope said that this is the game that Miami's going to lose. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you, yeah, you know, I mean, it would take a lot. I mean, I, you know, anything's ha- you know, anything's possible, no doubt, but I don't see it. I just, uh, I, Miami is, you know, the whole thing is, is like Miami did. They didn't come out and lay down and say, oh, it's Bethune and we did this, we did that. I think they come out with their hair on fire again because you only get a limited amount of home games. So why not, you know, please everybody in every home game. And I think they come out and they just destroy them. I just, they're going to do what they did last year, last week, and they're going to add more to it. Uh, Yeah, this, I think Miami does whatever they want to do. To be honest with you, I think they do whatever they want to do in this game. I like to hear it. Uh, and they're just two, you know, I mean, I'm, they're just, they're two different teams. Right. Miami's a whole different, you know, and like I said, this is all new. And then Miami's still, uh, Miami's still doing different, you know, different things uh, as far as trying different things. And like you said, a couple of guys that didn't play last week are going to play this week. And don't you think they're going to be hungry to get their hands on the ball? Uh, you know, especially Rooster, you know, he, he sat back and watched, you know, a guy who is every bit as good as he was last week, you know, do very well. So he's going to want to equal the, you know, the score. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, go right back around. Uh, what What is the position that you're going to keep an eye on uh, this this Saturday, uh, Blue, for the Miami Hurricanes? Any Anybody that you – anybody in particular that you're going to watch? Well, you said offensive line, and I think that uh, I'm going to be watching the offensive line again. You know, I think that – the one thing that Southern Mississippi brings to the table that Bethune didn't is a bigger defensive front and no, and, and a defensive coordinator who I know pretty well, who is, will do everything he can. You know, he doesn't have the personnel. He doesn't have the personnel, but he's going to, he's going to do a lot of things that make, try to confuse a lot of the guys on Miami. And then you make adjustments. And then when you make adjustments, things happen. So I'm going to watch the offensive line this week. Vish, who are you keeping a close eye on? position yeah i'm looking at our linebackers again i, I think you know i think miss southern miss is going to challenge us on the ground and, and i mean our d-line might be able to just block it up by themselves but you know uh, the linebackers are going to do some cleanup there they have to play downhill and be a little bit interesting to see how they handle that like you don't play many teams that just try to pound the ball at you like this um so it'll be a different little bit of a different look for them and then overall just this is the last I mean, we can talk about Southern Miss and all that. Like, this is all just, you know, a dress rehearsal for AM yeah. at this point. And, and the players know that. And if you, you know, play well in this game, you have an opportunity to get on the field there. If you don't, like, if you have a bad game here, Mario might not trust you next week. Um, so so when you get into that atmosphere, you know, that's where you shrink your rotation up a little. You're not going to play as many players. So so that I, that's why I think I agree with Blue. I think, I think everyone's going to come out trying to impress and – It'll it'll get ugly again. I, I love that though. I love that they're going to continue to come out and fight hard and play hard. I'm I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with you on, on that side of the ball as well. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say the defensive line. I know that it's one of our strongest positions at this point. You know, with all the guys that we have there. But look, uh, Leonard Taylor is a little big. Uh, excuse me, a little dinged up, uh, a little bit of a stinger. So um, 
see how much he's going to play. But I, I want to see that defensive line totally dominate against a team that all they're going to try to do is run it on you. So I want to see – you want to see the linebackers. I want to see if the defensive line can kind of um, continue to uh, exert their dominance um, and and just completely shut them down again. And, and I think uh, – I'm with you, Blue. I think that this game could get could get ugly and, and, and out of hand hopefully uh, soon again. They're, they're going to make them – they're going to put them in positions where they're going to have to go third and long. And, uh, and that's not going to bode well for any team. Uh, you know that that doesn't throw the football and doesn't throw the football well um, to go against a secondary that's as strong. But by the way, I do want to mention something that I was a little bit um, speaking of positions. I want to see one player in particular that I don't think looked very good, and I don't know why. But Avante Williams didn't didn't play a whole lot either, right? Like we we didn't see it, and maybe that's just because of. The, you know, the way that the game was going, but we saw a lot of Cam Kitchens and James Williams. I, I don't know. He missed a tackle on one of these, uh, on, on, a, on a nice run up the middle by Bethune Cookman. Just didn't look great uh, this past weekend. Uh, and he's been one of the, the most consistent, if not the best defensive player in spring and in fall. So, but you may not see a lot of them because if they're going to run the ball a lot, there's yeah, he's not going to be in on pass situations because yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like my buddy says if if you have to use Frank Gore at a Wildcat in the first uh, Frank Gore Jr. Wildcat in the first uh, quarter, it's like throwing a hail mary on the first play. So you don't want to do that. I mean, I think that they need. To, I think Southern Mississippi just needs to establish a run and just keep running the ball, and let the clock go. Because once they start passing, nothing's going to go right. Because good. Miami, first of all, has a really good pass rush, and their secondary, as you alluded to before, is active. They're physical, and uh, and they're not used to it. It's like having Georgia, the old Georgia Tech or Navy, starting to pass the ball. They're just not used to it. They're more comfortable running, but as soon as Miami puts the you know, to the you know, the foot to the pedal, uh, what's going to happen is they're going to be three scores down and they're going to have to throw. And then, then it's going to get way away from them. Nice. Well, you know what? Uh, and, and I know that this is kind of uh, – it's tough. It's tough to say because this is a game that we should win comfortably again. Uh, but, Vish, I want to get your, you know, one key to the game uh, for this game against Southern Miss. Yeah, don't get injured. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. Oh, hey, that <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, if we come out healthy, I mean, look, there's things that can go wrong. Like if we look like garbage and, you know, if let's say they put up 30 points or something, we're going to have a lot of questions, right? I think Bethune Cook was a little different. It was more a few busts. Like they had a lot of chunk plays where we missed assignments and, and kind of had defensive busts. Those are easy to clean up. They'll already have looked at the film and been like, you know, you misread that. Those are easier to clean up. If we actually see them, because they're going to try, like I said, they're going to challenge us physically. They're going to try to. If they're actually successful in doing that, I think that would be kind of a, you know, outside of the flipping, like, oh, just don't get hurt. But that would be kind of concerning because we're definitely going to play more physical, better better conditioned teams on Southern Miss. And if they're able to, to run their normal offense, which is to ground and pound it and have success doing that, to me, that would concern me more than you know, us losing someone in a misdirection, Bethune Cookman getting a long pass. To me, those things happen, especially in the first game, but yeah. we should be able to physically overwhelm Southern Miss, so that's what I'm looking for. Like we should be able to physically overwhelm them up front on both sides of the ball. Blue, you got you got any <laughs> keys to the game per se? Keys game is to come out, like I said, uh, high energy. Um and, and I don't think he's gonna let him not. 
because he's going to just, he'll get in their faces if he has to. This is, it's an urgent thing for him. He wants to show that this team is different, you know, than the rest of the teams that we've seen, because there's a lot of fans that are skeptical still, you know, the, the 70 points didn't blow a lot of people away because it was against nobody. So they want to see, and he understands that, you know, we've been through a lot, you know, it's, it's sort of like your ex, your ex and, and, and the new, your new re- person in the relationship pays for everything that your ex did. So I think that's what a lot of fans are, you know, really when the fans are really in that mode right now is, you know, let's do, let's, you know, let's go out and like in the old days, I remember when you went up to Morgantown and beat West Virginia 56 to seven, because you were supposed to do that. That's what needs to be done. If you're, if you're, I mean, cause let me tell you something, Alabama doesn't take the damn foot off the gas. Either does Ohio state or Oklahoma or any of those schools. So to me, Miami, if they want to be one of those teams, you know, how did it work out for Mario's X team yesterday, uh, the other day, they got crushed. worst, yeah. worst freaking loss they've had in years. So to me, there's a lot to do with the way they come out of that locker room with the energy that they come out with. And even if they make a mistake early on, they just rally around it, you know? And, and I saw that in a high school game last week, uh, Shaman Amadana got down 14, nothing at home against Dillard. And you look on their bench and there wasn't a concerned face. They just knew, okay, make adjustments. Next thing I know it's 42 to 14. So it, that's just how it happens. It just, you know, and that's the way he coaches. And I don't think he's going to let anybody get flat or they won't play. Fair enough. I like that. I don't think I need to say anything about that. (laughs) Um, Make sure uh, you guys keep it locked here on Saturday. We um, Hopefully me and Blue, Blue, I will be up at the box with you this time around. Uh, We'll have a a little something for you guys uh, then. However, make sure you follow us on – uh, Twitter at Six Rings Canes. Make sure you subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. It's the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe, smash the like button, uh, give us a shout out there. We are moving uh, regularly now to Monday nights uh, as we will recap uh, the previous week's game and look ahead as well. But look out for some extra content for us during the week now uh, that it's a little more opened up. Uh, myself, Blue Vish, we will have some extra content. If you still want to read something really cool and really fun, go to the Five Reasons Sports website and check out the last uh, last thing that Vish wrote as well, Mario Cristobal and all that. That was a really good read. Uh, but make sure you guys uh, follow us again uh, every Monday night, 8.30 p.m. right here on the Five Reasons Sports. And, and I'll just say this. So after this next game, which I think we all expect to win, um, we do have Texas A&M. And I've mentioned this before on the show. I was born in that town. I have some ties to it. You're gonna get some like content here. You're probably not gonna get anywhere else just based off of that. So yeah, we'll definitely awesome. be pumping stuff out in the week leading up to that. I'm going to the game as well, but you know, just I'll get some people. Um, Fish, Fish some got that Kyle Field uh, hookup, man. That yeah. I, I used to. We used to. This is a little story time. We used to. The only games we used to go to was the local Dairy Queen used to give out. This is when they were in the SWC, give out ticket cheap tickets to the Rice game. So we used to go oh, watch wow. them play Rice every other year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry you had to go through that. Uh, but, uh, uh, again, uh, thank you guys for joining the show, and we will see you uh, during the week and on, on, on Saturday. But uh, keep it locked here for every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.